Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us for the third episode of Skids Up RC Podcast. Now, uh, as mentioned before, this is actually going to be part two of our intro series of getting into the hobby. Uh, last time we covered how to get started with electric helis, which is really the, the main point of entry for most people. But once you've been flying for a while and you get that itch to nitro, um, that's what this episode's for. And I fall into that category. I've been flying for quite a while. I've been curious about nitros. I don't know anything about them. So we've got two experts on the line. We've got Frank and Scott. Um, and, uh, you know, Scott wasn't able to join us for the last couple episodes, so we'll also be able to hear some updates from him as well as his, uh, his journey through the, through the hobby, his, his origin story, if you will. So, um, you've already heard updates from me in the last episode. So Frank, why don't you go ahead and get us started and, uh, what you've been up to? Oh, so I pretty much been lots of work. I attended last week, the, the fall mall down in Virginia, which is an awesome, awesome event. I had a blast. Um, and I'll talk that up. I'll talk about that a little bit later. And other than that, just wrenching, traveling and, and working and flying. What project are you working on right now at work? Is this in that condo building still, or you want something different? Yeah, actually yeah, I'm going into the next development stage of it. Nice. How about you, Scott? I've been just, Oh, sorry. I, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, man. Were you, were you done or did you have more? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was perfect. It was perfect. It's like, I don't give a shit about what you have to say. <laughs> What's up, Scott? Shut up, Frank. <laughs> I hate you both. I just said I need I need new friends. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, man. Sorry about that. So, Scott, what have you been up to, man? Man, just work. You know, this, this year hasn't been a whole lot of flying for me. I've only been to a couple events. And, you know, I went to, of course, Cajun is back in March. I went to that one, then I went to Urcha. That's the unfortunate. That's the only two I was able to make just because of the the regular day job. Kind of, you know, reality takes over sometimes, and uh, we had we had a lot of changes there. So my uh, my job description changed quite a bit, and it keeps me there. You know, about twelve hours a day. What is your job description these days? Well, my my family owns. We own a, a power sports dealership and a marine dealership, and so with everything we've expanded out, you know, into the Marine side this year with everything going on, it just, it, it, it took over. I mean, it really did. We've been extremely busy, which is a good thing. It's a good problem to have. And, uh, but I'm the, I'm the sales manager, uh, for all of it. And so it, it, it's a lot to go on. You know, we got, I got several salesmen and, you know, constantly training new ones and, you know, it never stops. So, it uh, Fridays and Saturdays is our big day in that industry. Do you uh, do you sell like jet skis, sea doos, that kind of stuff? Yeah, we get we have sea doo, then we have uh, veranda pontoon, tritunes. We got express boats. We have Phoenix bass boats, uh, gator tail mud boats, uh, pro drive. Uh, what else? That's on the marine side, and that all started in the past probably eight months, six to eight months. You know, we've we've been in been in business for thirty eight years. My dad started that business back then, and I grew up in it. You know, they kind of got burnt out for a little while, and I moved on. I went to do other things. Actually, I moved to Colorado for a while. I lived in, in Denver, just outside of Denver, and I decided to move back home. And I actually went into the automotive side of things for a while and decided to come back home, back to, you know, back to the family side, family business, and... But it's been good, man. I, I can't complain. I just I do wish I could hit more events and and do more things. Um, but it's a lot of fun. 
No, I always thought the idea of a family business was, was pretty neat. You know, my, uh, I grew up as a military brat and, you know, it's not really a family business. So, <laughs> so like the idea of working with my dad always seemed kind of cool, but it's a kind of a, a situation that would really never happen. So that's, that's pretty neat that you can do that with your family. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, at our place, it's it, me, of course, my mom and dad now have started to back off. They, you know, they, they're wanting to want to retire. So between it's me, uh, both my sisters and my brother-in-law that work all in the same place. So it, it's, it's good and it's bad. I'm going to say that because it, it, uh, it, it gets trying at times working with family constantly, you know, you know, back, that's when, that's one of the things that drove me to do other things. To be honest with you is the, the family side of it was just, I, I didn't want work to take over, you know, being with family and that's what it did. So that's why I left. But now that I've, I've been back a couple of years now and it, it, it's gotten a lot better. You know, I think it, a lot of people are matured and you know how that goes. It brings a new meaning to the, uh, the work-life balance issue, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did. I mean, you know, you go to like a, a Sunday dinner at my mom's and we all sat around the table and all we did was talk about work. I mean, you know, it got to the point and one day I think my, my wife had made that comment about, you know, she didn't want to go because she said, all y'all do is talk about work. And it's true. And that's all we were doing. We were having discussions. I mean, we would even start breaking out your reports and start looking at some of that stuff. And cause it was just the time we didn't have to be in the building working, you know, looking at that stuff. So we could actually have a chance to sit down and talk and not have phones ringing and people asking questions and things like that. So it's expanded out now. You know, we've got about, I say we're up to about 50 employees. That's a nice size company. You know, damn, yeah. that's, that's impressive. Yeah. I actually, 49 to be exact, I believe is what it is. We need to hire, you need to hire one more. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and the bad boys, we could use some help. We're just trying to make it more efficient. And other than that, man, I don't, like I said, I go to work and I fly on on the weekends I can. And here lately, it's been so hot. We haven't, I hadn't been itching to go too much when it's 105 degrees outside. Yeah, I've been trying to fly early in the mornings on the weekends um, because by the time it reaches 10 a.m., it was still, I mean, it was still 100 degrees yesterday, which is just insane for October. Yeah, it was today here. I think uh, it was 97 here. And now we're supposed to get some, it's supposed to be down in the 50s uh, next week. So it's going to be nice. For some reason, this year has not been that hot in Miami. You know, I fly every Sunday or mostly every Sunday. And, you know, I fly from around like eight in the morning to around uh, one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon, depending on if I take a nap at the field or not. You know, I'm not going to lie. I do that often. <laughs> it's, uh, it's such a demanding hobby. You know, you got to take a nap halfway dude, through. <laughs> dude, I, have, I, I got Yeah, Frank, don't don't you start living in my Dude, I got a, I got I a big ass Chrysler 300, man. I, I could never put the AC on and I just, you know, sometimes I pass out, you know. It's funny that I say this. Because I took I, uh, Friday night at the fun fly. I was like, eh, I just crashed my nitro. I'm going I'm going to go in the RV and take a nap. And I woke up five hours later. So, yeah. I forget which podcast it was I was listening to where they have like the opposite problem where they're flying up in, you know, the middle of, I don't know where it is, way up north and in the middle of the winter. And they'll uh, they'll go fly for two minutes, then come back in the car and warm up and then go fly for three minutes, come back in the car and warm up. Oh, uh, you're talking about the hooligans. Um, Ed, Ed. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I would probably find something else to do. <laughs> I like Ellie's. I don't know if I like it that much though. I'm a wimp when it comes to cold weather. I feel you, man. Yeah, them dudes are nuts. 
I like the cold. You know, I had always said, you know, before I moved to Colorado, I'm like, I, you know, because I used to love to snow ski the whole deal. I'm like, if I ever have a chance, I'm going. Well, opportunity presented itself, and we went. Yeah, that dealing with the snow day in and day out got old quick from a Louisiana boy. I tell you what, you sure missed that swamp, didn't you? Real quickly. When I, I when did. Gets, yeah. And, and I, I missed the food. I bet, I dude. Mean, I tell you what, that's some good stuff, man. I'm, I can't wait to make it over there so I can get – Hit some of the good old Cajun food. Yeah, hey, where where are you? Where are you located, man? I'm in, technically, I'm in Alexandria, Louisiana. So I'm in the dead center of the state. You know, I grew up in South Louisiana and moved up here, you know, as younger. We moved the business, actually. Uh, so you, once you eat here a little while, and, and you'll, you'll figure out real quick. I like to eat. That's like my favorite pastime. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> you know, hey. Like I tell everybody, you know, everybody says, you're going to go on a diet? No, I got a lot of money invested. Why lose it? <laughs> I got to keep that. That's that's a good, that is a good one. I mean, you know you know how much time and money I got involved in sitting at a, at a dinner table? My uh, So my wife's family is uh, like four generations, five generations of New Orleans folk. So uh, her parents are from the uh, the Ninth Ward, actually. So they've, they, uh, yeah, they've... Um, They've been there for they've been there for ages, but her family has a restaurant in the Ninth Ward called Jack Dempsey's. So if you're ever in New Orleans for anything, you should go check it out. It's um, uh, it's just, it's basically a neighborhood neighborhood restaurant, but it's yeah, yeah. it's delicious. And that's every time we go, every time we go down there, it's just good eating. <laughs> yeah, that, that's some of the best ones when you find like you said a neighborhood restaurant. Yeah, it's usually when it's the the best. The best food, if you. Ask it's me. the ones that'll cook red beans and rice on Mondays because that's what the way mom used to cook it, kind of thing. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And yeah, uh, so no. we go down there all the time, which means that I need to hit up some Louisiana Fun Flies because uh, I can easily, I could easily arrange a uh, a family visit with one of those with one of those events. So, so end of March, we're gonna we're gonna step ahead a little bit and yeah, Cajun. In, the, in Cajun, you've got to make that one. That is so much fun. I've already. And then, do you go to do you go to Apache at all? I haven't been. Uh, I tried. I had actually. I was already kind of prepping the camper uh, to head that direction, and then uh, we had some some folks decide they didn't want to work for us anymore, and you know how that goes. Um, but I I, do, I want to hit Apache. I think that's gonna that would be a good one. It looks like a lot of fun. I, well, I'll uh, I think I can hit. I can probably hit um, Cajun. Uh, if you want to come over here for Apache, because I've never been to that one either. I, I okay. want to go. And then, um, Frank, I am working out my schedule right now to see if I can go to the uh, the one in Tampa in a couple weeks. I'm pretty sure that I can. I'm pretty sure I can make it. I've got, you know, I'm, I'm taking two weeks off and then I'm going to like, hey, can I take another couple <laughs> days off? <laughs> I think it'll be fine. Yeah, it'd be all right. I'm leaving. I'm leaving Saturday at like five in the morning. To You're be driving? Because I'm on. Yeah. Tampa, I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it, it's, it's in the, it's like three hours, it, four hours. It's right? in the <laughs> it's in the state of Florida. Within the state of Florida, I'll, I will drive. Okay. Oh, hey, I, I mean, I've driven to Orlando uh, several times, and that's with with us. Uh, I mean, I'm the type that if I don't have to get on an airplane, I'm fine. You know, it's not about I, I love flying, I really do, but I hate the whole security and the, you know, and I'm I'm a oh dude, wait to hear my story about security. You know, Richmond Airport, you you can go eat one. You can go eat one. Okay. I think we can all agree that Richmond has the worst airport of any major metropolitan area in in the United States. Dude, 
uh, Stephanie from TS, Stephanie from TSA, you are a, you know what, lady. I swear, I thought she was going to call yeah. the bomb department on me, man, guys. Wait till you hear this. Well, you're not suspicious at all with a golf case full of partially assembled helicopters. <laughs> wires coming out of everything that look like. <laughs> it's, it's, like it's like it's a six-pound battery or a bomb. I don't know which one. Oh, is. man. I tell you what. it. <laughs> Wait till you guys hear this, this BS this lady put me through. The whole Frank's, TSA. Frank's going to tell us how he really feels. I'm going to let y'all know what's going on about TSA. In Richmond. All right. Well, you hear that, listeners? Stay tuned for the end of the episode. We're gonna make you. We're gonna make you wait until Frank, until Frank can give an update on uh, <laughs> on the event. We're gonna get her as a guest next week. <laughs> Part two: Frank and the Transportation Security Administration. The them <laughs> those glorified those glorified mall cops. A love story. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Hey. Well, Scott. You know, we didn't get a chance to get your um, your background, your your intro to the hobby. You know, where you started, where you've been, uh, how long you've been doing it, and what um, what you're interested in, all that kind of stuff. Last time, so I'd uh, love to hear that. Uh, hear that this time. So uh, you gotta take a few minutes and just kind of give us a little bit, uh, a little bit of info about yourself. Well, uh, I mean, of course, like a lot of a lot of guys, I started with cars. Uh, my let's put it this: way. my my dad was in it growing in airplanes when I was growing up, and I can remember, you know. I was, young kid going up and he had a room upstairs that was his flying room and that's where he would build and do all his stuff well i got into cars did that for a lot for a long time and in the year 2000 actually new year's day 2000 it was uh is when i kind of decided i think i'm gonna i want to try something different and the, the way it all started is the local hobby shop a little Hole in the wall hobby shop. I went in there. I knew Pete and I used to get parts from him for my cars and all this other stuff. And one day I went in there and I asked Pete, I said, Hey, I want a helicopter. He never put his newspaper down and he said, no, you don't. <laughs> I said, yeah, I think I do. And he said, you can't fly that. You don't know how to fly an airplane. I, said, I, I don't care. And with the, the nail in the coffin for me was like, don't try. You can't do that. Hmm, watch me. So, unfortunately, he would not order me a helicopter. So, I end up buying one online. Uh, oh, I say online. on uh, All used. And that was, like I said, in the year 2000. So, of course, Nitro, the ex- electrics didn't exist really back then. You know, they had a few of them. You had, whatever, 36 sub C sales and you know, NICADs. I'm surprised they could even get off the ground back then with as heavy as those batteries were. Yeah, exactly. So I, I did that. I mean, I started, I've, I've found another local guy and he, uh, he kind of took me under his wing, taught me everything there was to, that he could teach me as far as setups and, you know, had the whole triangle thing with the, uh, the wiffle balls on the end. Cause we made our own training gear. And did that forever. I don't know how many gallons I burned bouncing around, you know. And that's that's kind. What was the um, what was the gyro technology like um, back in two thousand? It kind of crude. I mean, they had some things that would work. Uh, I can remember when the GY four hundred one came out. That was like tremendous leaps and bounds ahead of everything else. And so, but yeah, I used some some of the GY four hundred ones. And, you know, of course, there was no, there was, it was all paddles. 
you had fly bars and paddles back then that you had to adjust all that and all the linkages and and one of these days i've been uh, you can ask frank i've been threatening the fact that i have an old raptor 50 that i want to get out and and fly it and see the difference now of between you know the paddles versus fly barless and so but no, that's where I started. I mean, I learned, how, I kind of learned how to do all that on with between Jack. And that's the guy that helped me with his help. <clears throat> the scaredest I've ever been, I believe, is you know we tried to do all the get a, get everything set up, and I had to get parts and you know this back and forth. And finally, one day I was at the field, and it was just me and Jack, and he picked it up into a hover. You know, he kind of set it down, and we went back to the the pits, put the training gear on it. He hovered it again. And he sets it down as island. He hands me the transmitter and he was like, all right, there you go. Well, I take the transmitter and I'm kind of nervous a little bit. Well, I turn around, he's getting in his truck. <laughs> like, Where are you going? And he was like, yeah, there ain't nothing I can do now. If you're going to crash it, crash it on your own. <laughs> I'm like, um, okay. So, he left and so i started bouncing it around and before you know after a little while i got it to where i could nose in hover or you know or actually tail in and started moving it back and forth a little bit you know how everybody does that was uh, kind of the end of it for me i've really been doing it ever since Uh, i did when i went to colorado i did step away from it for a little while just because between the move and the the cash flow i didn't have it to to get going and then i was still flying a a lot of nitros well in the high altitude nitro doesn't run real well you know you can do it i know a lot of guys did it but i I had talked to a couple guys and they're like man you know because i still had some older stuff that i was trying to fly and like man you you need to look at you get get yourself an electric and I, i flew once or twice up there and it did okay you know but no, that was really about it, man. I've, I, like I said, I've been doing this ever since, and enjoy it. That's all there is to it. Yeah. What um, What are you flying? What are you flying now? Like, what's in your fleet? <laughs> uh, why are you laughing? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Come on, Frank. So, I like diversity. I guess you could say. So. I've I've got a little bit of everything. Of course, right now my 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 go to is a I got a Spectre seven hundred. Um, you know I've got I've built several of those. Uh, of course, the got the five fifty or five twenty and a five fifty in a in the XL Power. Um, let's see what else I got over there. I've got a couple of Rave Nitros. I've got a nice uh, N seven and nice. Waiting on Frank to laugh at this one. I've got a Fury fifty five. <laughs> What was the last time? What was the last time I think flew? I've never flown it. Oh my god! <laughs> and 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 Paul, why he's laughing is you know in previous podcasts. One day I walk in my little room, and I just happen to glance up like on a top shelf, and I'm like, "Well, I'll be damned! <laughs> I forgot I even had that thing." So it still sits there. I haven't flown it. You know? Did you buy it? Um, did you buy it used, or did you just assemble it? Yeah, I bought it okay. used. I bought it used, but. Um, I've done, let's see, I've got a Furion 6, I've got an Oxy 3, an Oxy 5, Protos 380. Um, nice. Is that the new one? A, yeah. What do you think of it? Uh, well, I'm fixing it right now, if that tells you anything. 
so it's the uh it's the xl it's the xl power 380 yeah okay. yeah yeah i feel uh i was upset when i you know i missed the boat on the on those and then i was super excited to hear that they were coming back is the evo coming back too yes all right evo I'm, will I'm, be I'm, back they did the uh the 480 they actually got a few of those i think some prototypes are you know they're released now uh or about to be released rather uh, so that won't be long, the 480, and I'm not sure what Ross' plan is on the big ones, on the 700s. That was a beautiful machine. Because uh, that is a, yeah, that was a machine I always kind of wanted, was the uh, the Evo uh, in a 700. I just, I like the way it looked. To me, it was just that streamline, uh, and I did, I never did get one, and then they went away. Oh, but, that wannabe goblin? Oh. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Oh, here <laughs> we go. Well, I kid, I kid. You know why? Because I had one, and it, they're, they're, it, for the machine at the time, even though it was... There's it was a little it was a little heavy. You just had to preface it. You just had to preface it with a machine of the time. It's still a great helicopter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I had. But it's funny because I had one and I didn't have it for long because it was heavy. Are we talking? The, yeah, the I, I had the seven hundred. Which one did? What was the one I had? Okay. The Protos Max V two seven hundred. Yeah. 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 That, so wait, back up. So in other words, what you just said was of the time so that means a goblin is like a protos wannabe no not at all the goblin was around the evolution or the evolution whatever it is you know i got i got corrected one time by um by alex's rose wife jennifer rose who's also an architect just say saying so there's three of us and oh, right. she's no longer in the industry but yeah she well hey i'm not i'm no longer in the industry either so there's all that. right so shut up i'm the only architect in the industry yeah. in this, that <laughs> and i saw the light and got the hell out oh man <laughs> I'm stuck for life, dude. Oh, I'll tell you guys a story about this weekend that's that will make you that will turn your face that you will freak out when you hear this. Uh but um yeah, it, it was a good helicopter. I don't have nothing against it. You know, it just it was heavy and I just didn't I just didn't like the way it flew. Nothing against it. Yeah. And it looked and the evolution looked a little bit like a goblin, you know. Had it some did. Of the, I, I give you that. It did. But you know, I never I, I don't know. I never did get one. I, one of these days, I'll probably end up with one more than likely, just just because. And but I've had so many machines, man. It's uh, let's see. I mean, I've had an HD 750. I had a, a turbine, a jet copter for a while. Um, T Rex 700s, T Rex 600s, 450s. A little bit of everything, really. What uh, what what model? Did you have as a turbine? Uh, a jet copter. Oh, right. Yeah, you did say that. I'm an idiot. You said that. Yeah, I had a jet copter, and I bought the thing, and, you know, with intention of building a big scale out of it. Well, I, it was kind of a knee-jerk thing. I got I got it, and then I started, before I priced how much it's going to cost to make it a scale. And that, that backed me off pretty quick, <laughs> you know. Um uh, yeah, I don't know anything about large scale scale helicopters. Like, are they mass produced? Are they one off kit? Like, do you do you or custom order you them? Can, Is it like a template? Like, how does that work? No, you can get them. I mean, I was going to get a Vario. Uh, I wanted I wanted to do an EC thirty one thirty five. That was for some reason that was the machine I wanted. And uh, but just on a turbine, I mean, I think the price I got for the exhaust system that I needed for that body was nine hundred and a few dollars. 
and then the body was 20 something hundred dollars and that was basically raw fiberglass and i said you know i don't number one i don't have the money for this number two i don't have any, really any place to to deal with it you know you almost need a garage or something that that's what it's for and i think it's gotten a little easier now i'm not into the scale thing so some of these other guys may chime in but uh one day well i'll i'm gonna i'll still build one uh those guys that man they have all my respect you see some of these big big machines you go to these scale competitions and it's just incredible what they do to them yeah I've, uh, i mean but, mike the closest i've been to something like that is on youtube <laughs> but it's pretty fun to watch um yeah just, like especially the ones that you see over in europe where you've got these you know giant it's almost like half scale you know <laughs> the one that you had was it a 800 700 like what how, yeah, how big it was, was it? it was basically an 800 okay um, I was using, uh, I had some eight, what did I use on those? I had some eight thirties on it and yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was big. It, the only, the only thing I, I like I said, I, I sold it just because I knew I wouldn't be able to do anything with it really. And I, it's not a machine for me. It was not a machine. I can go sport fly cause I was too scared of it. You know, you, that thing, you hit the ground and you know, if the, the things fall wrong you got a big fireball in your hands and i was out you know but uh but it was fun it you know the smell the of course you, you talk about turning some heads you go go somewhere and you you go to firing it up when i was learning how to i was trying to program it everything i think it was about one o'clock in the morning i was in well basically in the kitchen uh, <laughs> it's got a, a jet engine spools up in the kitchen it did because i mean this thing i mean you're doing it you know and i had a friend that i met through the turn you know because of the turbine he was telling me what to do well i mean he helped me program so i had a 9z radio he helped me program some of it well about one o'clock in the morning everybody my kids are sleeping wife's sleeping and i hit a button and this thing starts uh starts trying to start and you know it you, at the field, if you hear one start, whenever you know, it starts kind of spooling up in the, it went to fire it off. It's not that loud. Do it at one o'clock in the morning in the kitchen. Well, it's and it's a very it's a very distinctive sound too because I can only imagine if I heard something like that in my house, I would think that a plane was about to crash into the house. I'm, you know, I'm, I, at first it didn't. I look at it like, uh, and the worst part was the fact of I didn't know what button I just did to start it, so I didn't know how to stop it. So, being honest with you, I started pulling wires. So I figured if I'm gonna just turn to get the power off of it somewhere, I'm gonna pull wires, and that's what I did to stop it. Well, it was you know on that one, it was one of the knobs, one of the the rotary knobs was my my uh, sequence to start it, and I turned it apparently, and here she goes, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I called uh, I called my buddy that I Ralph, yeah. and I told him what I did the night before, and he started laughing. And, you know, that's when he explained this, how we, cause he was literally walking me through menus and saying, do this, do, you know, set it up this way. <laughs> and he said, yeah, your throttle's not on the throttle stick. It's the rotary knob. Cause yeah. So what you do is when you like, what I would do is I just turn it basically wide open and it starts, it does its own thing. And how many flights did you, or did you get any flights on it? Oh yeah. No, I flew it for a while. Okay. You just never converted it to a, to no, I never converted it. And then some, there was a, a gentleman that wanted it worse than I did. So I sold it. I got the thing. There was a, a guy out of Mexico city that posted it for sale. And I got it. And he told me, 
He said, look, it's going to need fuel lines. No problem. I figure what I can do is I can order, I'll get a roll of fuel line and I'll take a piece off, you know, measure it, cut it, put it back in and just go down the line. And, Cause I had seen pictures of them. I don't know if, if you guys ever studied in a picture of them, there's a lot of fuel lines, fuel pumps, all kind of stuff on there. And so yeah, when I got it, it had no fuel lines on it. Oh, so that's what he, that's what he meant. That's what he meant by new fuel. lines. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's how I met Ralph and, Oh, back in the day, I put on face on Facebook Run Rider, you know, in the in the jet section, in the turbine section, said, "Boys, I'm in over my head. <laughs> I need help." I've made a huge mistake. And yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. And so, you know, Ralph sent me his phone number. Said, "I'll walk you through it." And that's uh, it was it was interesting. It was something that, it, like I said, it was a learning curve. It was part borderline frustrating. Cause I just didn't know, you know, I did. And I don't like that. I don't like not knowing. And, but I did, I flew it for a while. It was fun. Uh, I still got a, somebody sent me a picture the other day. They had found somewhere. I guess they had taken a picture. We were on our field and I was getting it ready to fly. It's one of those things. Like if I have literally nothing to do at all, I might attempt to buy one and figure out how to run a turbine. I don't know if I'll ever get to that point, but um, they're, they're really cool, but they're just, it's an awful lot of money and uh, it's kind of a limited application too. You know, you can't, you can't really go crazy with a turbine helicopter. Yeah, it is. And you know, I get the thing and didn't know ah, I need fuel. Where do I get fuel? The, so the airport <laughs> yeah. friend of a friend at the airport at a, at a little old local airport. Cause I didn't know you're at the time you were supposed to have some kind of permit to buy the fuel. You know, you, you can't just, uh, I was told you couldn't just walk up and go buy it. So I didn't. Was that that the case? That was the case. Well, friend of a friend said, basically, I got you. He was an AP mechanic, you know, so he gets me five gallons. I get him a five gallon jug. He gets me five gallons of it. And I'm thinking, this has lasted me a long time. Yeah. A day later, I was asking him for more. Because. Well, so how how big big is the fuel tank on? And then how how much fuel do you use? I never really, I don't remember exactly, but I think I had 64 ounces on board. Oh, oh yeah. And I could get about eight, about eight minutes out of it. I don't have a frame of reference relative to like a gasser or anything, but I know that you can get a lot of flight time out of a gallon, right? And a gasser. Well, it depends too. It depends too if you're, if you have it tuned right and you got to, if the motor's been broken incorrectly too. Like Raja, Raja can get like 15, 20 minute flights, 40 minutes if he starts doing autos. And takes and about, up the flight line and about for two, sixty-five three hours. minutes if he breaks out his chair. But <laughs> oh yeah, dude! If he breaks out that chair, he gets to, he gets the lowest speed about fourteen hundred. Oh yeah, yeah, forget it. That flight line is closed for that day. Yeah, go go get Gashers lunch because you're not going to really flying. are they? Uh, you know, especially for if you're just trying to learn. I'm going to call it learn orientation, nothing, not learning pyro flips or anything like that. Uh, but you know, learn orientation cause you got a lot of flight time. You got it. It's easy. I used to keep, I had a predator gasser that I would basically keep in my truck. So our flying field was three miles from work. So I would get off in the afternoon. I'd run over there and all I had to have was my transmitter and you know, my, the, the heli and the fuel. No, I didn't have to worry about a starter or, a, you know, glow igniter or nothing like that. And you could, I would do that all the time. Go out, I could get a flight, maybe two before dark. And that was it. 
Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, I mean, that's a good segue into our main topic, which is getting into nitros and gassers. So the way we kind of structured this last time was, you know, if you are brand new to the topic and I, Hey, I've got a, this wonderful Guinea pig here named Paul, who was brand new to the topic of gassers and nitro. Um, you know, how similar dissimilar are these guys? What's the best approach path if you're going to start from the beginning and work your way up? I mean, obviously assuming a base level of knowledge with electric helis, transmitters, setups, that kind of stuff. And then really just focusing on the, what makes gassers and nitros unique in, in, in and of themselves? Like where would I, where should I start? Like what, what are some good things to look for? Um, you know, tools to have models to be models to focus on tuning tips, all that kind of stuff. And I, uh, we don't really have a structure to this. So, you know, why don't you guys just go at it, you know? <laughs> so, um, I've, I've, I've owned both. I've had a gasser and, and I've had, I have nitros, um, similar. They both burn fuel. Aside from that, I think they're very different in in so many in so many ways. You know, uh, Gasser has uh, plugs and, and a magneto. You know, and a nitro uses glow, which is different. You know, uh, they tune very differently. They are one is much heavier than the other. One gets a lot more flight time than the other. the The power bands are are very different you know uh i think at times the gasser has more power than a nitro but because of the weight to power ratio it's it doesn't fly as aggressive as you can with the nitro um the one thing i would say if you're gonna if you uh a gasser or nitro should not be your first helicopter especially now with lipos and electrics you know you need to get past those bugs of like learning to tune a fly barless unit and learning to see things because when you get yourself a gas or a nitro, you're going to have a whole other things to worry about. You know, your setup is going to be different than you have than before because you're going to try, try to set up a way so you can start the motor without having a uh, hot start on you. A hot start is when you you start the motor up and it winds up at 100%. It goes full bore or it goes higher than than idle, that you want idle before you're ready for it to fly. So, um, and with uh, that, now with nitro, it nitros is much lighter, like I was saying, compared to the, the, the gasser, but it's also, in my opinion, it's a lot more finickier, you know, uh, nitros can give you some headaches that you don't get with a gasser. Gasser, usually you go up there and I never had a problem with my gasser not starting. My gasser will start all the time. I've had issues sometimes where my nitros don't start for any reason, you know. Uh, there's a lot more maintenance on a nitro than I, than I think a gasser. I, I was talking to Doug Darby. He, he built one of his motors. He had 50 gallons on it, you know. Uh, if you get 50 gallons out of a uh, out of a nitro motor, then you're you're doing something that no one else has done so far. You know, I usually get about five to ten gallons before I have to do something to it. Um, the tooling is you you need to have you have to have a lot more tools. You got to be a little more 
careful when you're building, you know, you got to make sure that you balance your clutch depending on the brand of the helicopter. Balance your shit. You, know, you want to try? Yeah, balance your shit. There's a great <laughs> video. There's a great video by Matt Bodos that talks about that, you know. Uh, you, you have to be a little more, uh, you have to have a little more experience in building than you do in an electric. Electric, you can, for the most part, you can slap it together and it'll fly. And it'll last a while. I, yeah. am, I am good. I am good at doing that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So I'm, let's, let's, uh, you, you've already introduced a number of topics that, you know, I'm unfamiliar with. So um, let's, let's split between nitro and gas or, and let's just focus on one first. Uh, and then before we do that, let's like, what's the history of these guys? Um, did the nitro come first? Did the gas engine come for, as far as application within a, within a helicopter? Um um, these the nitros have been that's all i hear about when i hear like the origin of rc helis did gassers come later or did they kind of, okay yes and when it yeah as far as i know let's put it that way i mean nitro was first and and then gas was next and what was the uh and this is just my ignorance on this one were nitro motors created specifically for rc applications or do other things use nitro motors like i've never heard of a nitro motor being used anywhere else other than like a, a toy car or a plane or helicopter uh, that is a good question. I don't. I don't think. So. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I. I would see any application or anything else. You know. You know, a nitro motor essentially is a. It's a smaller diesel motor. Oh, you know? see, I didn't. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Yeah, they, they're. They don't have a ignition system. Correct. Uh, Scott, correct me on this, please. I'm not. I'm not the most. Uh, Gear wrench guy, <laughs> which right, which makes sense because that's how that's yeah. how diesel works. Yeah, there's no ignition. So it's just yeah. the pressure. It's just the pressure makes heat. Yeah. Yeah. And and we'll get someone here that really knows nitro, and I'll give a really thorough explanation on this in the future. But this is just kind of like your overview on what you're what you can expect. I think. So which would you choose then? If you were going to st- just start, you know, removing away from electrics, um, would you start with the gas or would you start with a nitro, and why? I would go nitro. Yeah, I, I agree too. Yeah. No, I would go. I would go nitro just because, you know, kind of what Frank said is, you know, you, you get a little bit more. Some nitros can give you headaches, but they're a lot. A lot to me, they're a lot easier to overcome. Mm-hmm. A gas is the the learning curve is is steeper uh, because. But on the flip side, think about it this way: you know, you have a, a string trimmer, a weed eater, you know, gas blower. How often do you have to tune it to go do, you know, to clean your yard? Mm-hmm. You know, you never do. Once it's set, it's set. Um, I, I can tell you when I had gas, when, when I was flying the gassers, once you get it set to where it needs to be, I never touched it. I mean, really and truly, I never did. So that's just, I mean, I guess I'm going to call it, that's my experience. Um, you know, but because but on the flip side, every day you might you know, fly a nitro, depending on the humidity and depending on the temperature and depending on everything, all the the weather conditions, you may have to tweak the needles a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on depending on the brand too. There's some brands that are yes. more. You're right. They're a, you're li- right. they're a little more finickier than others. You know. You're right. Well, it's interesting then that you would say that you would not choose a gasser first if it has the least amount of, I would say continuous twiddling right well Uh, you could to me you know for the longest time i always said if i had to pick one helicopter it would be a gas if if somebody said you can only have one it would be a gas i I, 
to a point, I would still say that, but because it's a lot cheaper to run too, you know, I mean, a whole lot cheaper to run. You get a 700 size nitro, it's nothing to burn a gallon or two in a day. I mean, some of these guys I've seen burn three and four a day. And a gallon, how, how much does a gallon of nitro fuel cost? Uh, uh, right, uh, $45 right now, depending on... I was going to say probably get, you probably knock it on 40, yeah. I'd guess. Depending on wow. where you're getting it from. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, so, so I've been, I've been looking at a, um, a goblin 700 gasser conversion as like my foray into non-electric. Would that be a good choice? Or you really think that I should, that's, I should stick. That's with what I got. I got a, I got a, I had a gasser before I had any, my first show helicopter was a gasser. And and I got it used, and but I knew what the helicopter, who the helicopter belonged to. It used to belong to Dan Reed from the RCHN guys, from the RC Heli Nation podcast. So I knew that I was in good shape. And this is one thing that I'm going to recommend to anyone that wants to get into fuel helicopter: build yourself a support network. I highly recommend that. Uh, you know, there's there's a few guys that, are, in my opinion, are probably the most notable guys. If you're going to get into gassers, there's three people that I recommend. You know, Doug Darby, you know, find him on Facebook, make him your friend, give him whatever he needs. He's going to get you through. He'll get you flying really quickly because that's what he did with me. Uh, Sherry Curley and um, Raja, if you can deal with his accent from his <laughs> northern accent. But yeah, okay. one of those three guys, if you have a problem with a hel- gas or helicopter and between those three, they can't figure it out. You might as well get something else. Well, I'm in it, luck. I'm in luck because uh, Doug's in, in the Dallas area, right? Yeah, Doug is in Dallas. Is he in Dallas proper or just because, I mean, Dallas as a, you know, as a metroplex is enormous. Um, Dallas itself is relatively, uh, you know, it's, it's a big piece of that, but it's not, it's not all of Dal- the Dallas area, you know. I'm not sure where he's at. I, no, I don't know either. Yeah, I'll have to look. Uh, I can well, I mean, you- I, I, I loved the episode that you guys had. It was one of the later ones um, for our full pitch where you guys had Doug on there. We should totally get him on here again. Um, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to talk to him. Oh, definitely, he'll definitely come on. Yeah, he'd do it. He's working on it on a few tech tips for us. Oh, nice. I, man. I got him. I got him doing a few gasser tech uh, tech tips for us, so he can so he can share them on on here. And these and these are really good. This is there's a guy that's put. Probably put more gallons of, of, of gas through a helicopter than oh, that's awesome. than anyone else I know. You know, if you, if we could get him to record that separately, we could just throw it on as a segment, like every few episodes. That'd be or every couple episodes. That'd be great. Yeah, for sure. And and that's what and that's what we're gonna. That's what I want to do. And get him on here as well. He's he has a new one that he's been really happy with and been flying it, even though he had a little accident with it at the mowdown. Oh, did he really? Just, we're oh, yeah, we're crash buddies. <laughs> the bash brothers uh yeah that that's uh so yeah those one of those three guys will get you going i'm pretty lucky that you know i'm good friends with doug and i had carrie in, in my state and carrie actually tuned my my gasser for me and i was it was good to go after that man i could just burn fuel like i remember taking it to the field and burn an entire gallon of gas and getting like seven eight nine flights you know after that i was done you know there's no more flying after you get that many flights in a day at least for me and they and the, i'm talking about these are these are like 10 15 minute flights like yeah, you get yeah, bored yeah. of stuff after that that is definitely definitely attractive yeah i like that and it was and it was for two bucks or three bucks for three dollars for uh, in gas so compared to night 
Yeah, I'm really thinking that that might be, you know, if I can get a hold of Doug, uh, that might be my first my first mm-hmm. venture. Uh, I'd really like to build it from the ground up myself, just so I know how everything right. works. Well, uh, build, build work. it and have him look <laughs> look it over for you. That's what that that's yeah, what I yeah, recommend. Yeah. Have him look it over for you. Um, that's why. That's I wish that's he he literally walked through mine over uh, on the phone and with through pictures. Like I sent a bunch of pictures of mine. He checked it out. I was like, all right, it looks pretty good. And then I, I couldn't get it started for some reason. He told he told me where to set the needles and how to set up the V control and get everything ready with that. And I was I was up and flying. And then a couple awesome. of months. That's amazing that you could do that remotely, though. You know, it's such a. Yeah. It seems like such a hands-on type of help, but that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, and there was I also I also my other buddy uh, Jamie Paulson. He was in, he's another gasser freak. He's not as involved in the hobby as he used to be. But he definitely knew, he definitely gave me a lot of help with mine. Yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say D- Doug would definitely help. No, no questions asked. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, maybe I can uh, maybe I can buy him buy him a couple six packs and take him to dinner or something. No, you gotta <laughs> buy him uh, vodka bottles of vodka. He likes. Those, <laughs> oh, uh, all right. He, I have no problem he, with that either. He, he, <laughs> he gave me one of those. Uh, what are those mole mole? What are they called again? Oh, he made one for me this past weekend. It was. It was good stuff. I I don't either. Is it is that a brand of vodka or a type of drink? It's it, it, no, it, it's a type of drink. It's um, you drink it kind of like on a copper cup. Oh, a mule, a mule, ice. yeah, a Moscow mule. Yes, mole. Yes, or mole. Those things were Moscow rude. mole. I got you. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, that the um, the mule is one of my one of my favorites. Yes, it's got ginger in it and uh, it's got a bite to it. Yeah, really good. It's really good. I- this one had a kick to it too, so it was really it went they went down easy. Well, that's honestly the only way that I I would like that I've you know really drank vodka since college. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, screwdrivers in the morning is good is a good way to start the day. <laughs> oh, dude, I remember I remember I came I came home from school I came home from school for the holidays and my my mom served me orange juice for breakfast and I was like. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I I had way too many way too many screwdrivers from vodka bottles that were made out of plastic. <laughs> oh man! And there 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 there's a variation on that called the Jabubinator. The guys here in Flor- in Florida will know what that is. Is uh, and you if you come down here, I'll make uh, I'll make some for an event. It's called a Jabubinator. It's uh, what the hell? What's what's in it? What's Jabubinator. In Jabubinator? I, all I'm gonna say it's it's, it's vodka so, base. So in other words, Paul, don't ask. Just drink it. When you come down here, I'll I'll, I'll make it for you guys. I don't. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna Google that shit before I come over. <laughs> I don't know what I'm agreeing to yeah. here. Yeah. Oh man, it's good. It's good stuff. It's just it's just like a <laughs> okay. screwdriver, but better. Well, look, Frank, and when you come to Cajun, uh, we'll run you by there. I'll let you get all the ingredients you need. <laughs> you can you can mix them up in the camper. Oh, that'd be great. What city is Cajun in again? Crowley. Which is I'm not is the, it's not down familiar. by Lafayette. Oh, it's, okay, okay. It's just outside of Lafayette, a little ways. I got so you. So it's it, that's a couple. What, that two hours away from New Orleans? Oh no, that you. Uh, well, Lafayette? probably three. Yeah, probably probably three. Okay, I know I've been through it before because I'm I'm about four and a okay. half from New Orleans, where I'm at. Right. Depending on how you hit Baton Rouge traffic. Okay. Well. So it's not an Uber driver. It's not an Uber driver way. It's rent a car. No, I, in other words, right? No, I told you. You fly into Alexander and you ride with me. Problem solved. <laughs> I got to figure out how to get there, man. I gotta. I gotta try to make the. Or Frank, this is what you do, man. I'm gonna be driving because what I'm gonna try to do. This is my plan. My wife doesn't know this is the plan, but I will tell her eventually. 
um, is that we go visit family in New Orleans and we drive there. Frank, you fly to New Orleans. I pick you up and we all drive back. There you go. To Crowley. There you go. And then I take you back to New Orleans and you get on a plane back home. And then I take my family. That's home. yes. That's actually yes. Yeah. That, so- that sounds like a freaking plan right there. I'm all down right. for that. I am. Let's do it. I am down um, for that. One second while I go tell my wife. <laughs> It's like, hey, we're going to New Orleans. <laughs> so I'm working on a couple guys to come in. Um, of course, what is, has has Chris Nutt said if he's coming or not? Oh, he better come. If this is if, if I'm going, he better show up there. All right. Well, we're gonna make him go, and because this this that event, if I had to pick one, that's the event I'm going to for the year. And my plan is this year I'm gonna try and get there on Wednesday. Um. It's about an hour and a half drive for me, so it's not that bad. And what my plan is on Wednesday to bring my camper, go ahead and set it all up, and then if nothing, or either that or maybe even Thursday morning, I'll, I'll have the camper there, and then I'm bringing my trailer, my my big enclosed trailer, and I'm gonna set them up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stay there till Sunday. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's that's super cool. So this is uh this is March, right? Yep, end of March. Okay. Um, and are you are you planning on hitting, hitting up Urcha as well next year? Uh, as far as I know, yes. That's uh, we are we are definitely. I think Javier, Frank, and I had said on the first first episode that we are going to make a commitment to go there this year because I've I've never I've never been. Frank's going to make an appearance. Yeah, I mean I, I mean I have already promised Wes from the Urcha committee that I was going to go on. So that oh, right there that takes Wes to get you there. I I'll guess. be definitely be. <laughs> no man you know what it is it's it's i was gonna i was gonna go this year i was gonna go this year and then you know um i just had deadlines and i had some people some people from the from the office of the corporate office coming down you know technically he's, he's not my boss but i, I kind of have to answer to him a little bit i mean that's fair enough i'm in. so i figure i didn't realize that you guys were are you at i didn't realize you were a satellite office well we're not we're we're technically we're we're a separate entity but we're within the company you know we my the guy who owns the company, in, who's part owner of the company in the north, he also owns part of this company, but uh, but it's a separate it's a per- separate partner in this office. Yeah, yeah. H HKS did that actually with um, some of the international offices. They shared the same name, but it was like wholly owned by a British group in, in for the London office, for instance. But I got you. All right. Well, hey, you know, back to we need to we need to get back to gassers and back to nitro. So since we never actually decided to go one one, you know, just dig deep into one engine versus the other, uh, I think we can just keep going with the comparisons. Now, what are the uh, what are the flight characteristics like between a nitro and a gasser, and why would you choose one model over another based purely on the way it flies? Well, that depends on your flying style. What you like to do? I like to not crash, and um, that's about it. No, I'm so I'm. I'm still, you know, at the novice level, I can, I can fly upside down. I can fly backwards. I can fly backwards upside down. I can do the funnels, but you know, pyro flips are not really there yet. Um, I'm not going to be entering any competitions anytime soon. So, you know, mostly I target a smooth 3d style. That's mainly because it's what I see that would be attainable in the near future for the way I'm progressing. Uh, I would love to be able to fly like crazy smack stuff, but I'm, many years away from that at my current level of progression. So I would say smooth 3d is what I'm really into. And, um, so the, my, my opinion would be gasser. What do you think, Frank? Uh, I think it's, so here's what I, my thought process is. I think a gasser, it's a great training tool 
you're going to have a lot of fun with it. You're going to have a lot of flight time. So you're going to be able to progress through it really quickly because you're going to be able to be on the sticks longer. I think that Gasser teaches you collective management really, really well because you don't have the weight helping you. You know, that thing drops when you flip that thing. If you're not on it, it's going to come down 10 feet easily. You know, with a nitro sit in, uh, you can flip it on its axis pretty, pretty quickly, you know? So if you were on that top, on that note, if you were to flip it, um, let's say you just do an axial flip real quick and you slam, you slam the collective in the opposite direction. What happens? You bog the, you bog the motor and. Oh yeah. No, it's going to, it'll punch out. Yeah. So you, you just mean that, um, it's not, you can't, uh, you have to be quick. You have to be quick on the sticks, right? Like as far as like managing. So I think a nitro is somewhere in the 11 and a half pound range. 11 and a half to 12 pounds, probably less if you go with like a Glogo or an N7. Um, well, I guess you're probably going to be in the 13 and a half to 14 pound range on most of them. You know, there's some that are there, they're coming out now from blackout mods from Greece that are very, very light. You know, there he's he's shaving weight off of those things, like he's putting them on slim fast. Uh, well, well, a conversion for mostly for a few brands, uh, for a T-Rex. For and this Kennedy. is a, a conversion for a goblin? Those are mostly or... what I've seen. You know, I had a, a a goblin gasser, which was a Leviathan, you know. Uh, the other thing you got to, the other thing to notice with those is that other than the miniature air whiplash gasser, all the other ones are conversions. Right. I did know that because uh, yeah. I've been looking at a few conversion websites. Mm -hmm. It was a gas powered helicopters mm -hmm. was the one I, that I was looking at. Yeah. Yeah. That's Carrie's. That's Carrie's. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, uh, for me, you know, the aesthetics play a role in all of this too. And, you know, I just love the aesthetics of goblins. And I think that the gas powered conversion kit looks very clean uh, and integrates really, really well with the, uh, with the existing design of the goblins. So that's, uh, I haven't uh, seen the, the one that you were just talking about, the, the, the Greek one. Is it Blackout Mods? Blackout Mods, yeah. Not, not familiar with that one. I'll have to check that out. Uh, also, the one thing I've, I, I found with with my gasser compared to everything else, they're inherently nose-heavy. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, same way with the whiplash, right, uh, Scott? That tank in the front. Yeah, the tank's up front. You know, now we have built uh, whiplash that was about all up was about 12 and a half pounds it was it was very light you know uh, so it can be done but you just i think i think going back to what you were saying is it carries a lot more momentum a gasser seems like it carries a whole lot more momentum that's a good that's a good way to say that yeah you know so you know you got yeah if you're going one direction it's not you it, you can do hard stops. You can smack it. I've seen guys, I mean, throw down some pretty mean flights with a gasser. Uh, but you got to be real good on the collective management, as he said. You know, so I don't know. To me, it all goes back to what you want to do. I mean, and then if you're if you're willing to spend the the money on nitro fuel. Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't again I don't really have a frame of reference over over one or the other. So like it's kind of kind of hard for me to make a decision on this one i'm kind of leaning towards the gasser uh, just because it, you know every, you guys are keep saying that that nitro is the preferred but in my in my ears i'm just hearing you know less overall tuning less cost less <laughs> it's like for me the gasser just sounds better here but yeah I, I yeah i know that you can do more with the nitro but a gasser 
up front, it's more money. Well, a gas up front is going to cost you more money than a nitro. Yeah, it is. Like uh, up custom vote, you got to be. Oh, okay. I want to say well, shy, uh, shy of three grand to get one going. Yeah. If you get if you go if you get everything brand new. Yeah. Is it because of the basically you're buying a full blown electric kit and then taking half of it away and buying a conversion kit for it? That pretty much. And also the motor motor and the pipe, those things are not. Um, you know the uh, the whiplash is the only. Uh, to my knowledge, is the only true gas kit anymore. You know, you can buy a whiplash gasser and yep, it's ready to correct. go for a nitro motor or a, a gas motor. All right. Well, speaking of speaking of speaking of motors, then, um, you know, when you buy a electric kit and you you build it from the ground up, you have a fully assembled electric motor. Is it the same way with a gas engine and a nitro engine? Do you buy a fully assembled nitro engine or a gasoline engine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there an option to, to build it yourself or is that kind of not a good idea? No, no, you don't want to get you don't want to take a stock motor and just have it. You really want to get a mo- you, there's two brands to get. There's uh TRM and Hansen. Two different philosophies in the way that motors are ran. They break in differently. They're they're completely different, but they're the same size. Uh I can I And are they made for are they made exclusively for RC or do you find them in in like a weed eater? Yes. Well, they 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 come from a weed eater motor, or or is that a weed eater motor, or is it something a little bigger than that? And then they get no, it's about a I mean, yeah, it's about a weed eater. And then they get modified. They get they they get balanced, and they're just they're they're two are. I had a TRM, and I had a friend who had a Hanson, and they I haven't heard anything bad about either one of them. No, yeah. both of them are you. You're gonna have good luck with them. I mean, they've they've. I'm not gonna call it perfected the the technology, but Pretty damn close. Experts in weed eater technology. Yeah, I mean they, they take the. They, I mean they'll, they'll balance the crank and they, you know, port them or tune them to, uh, to what it needs. The power band. I mean, you know, you look at what, you know, what you want to do is then you got to get into your gearing and find out. Okay, well this motor, you know, tops out at the power. Meat of the power is at. I'm gonna use a number twelve. You know, say twelve thousand RPM. Well, then you got to get your your gearing on your machine. Mm-hmm. to where your head speed is at 13,000 RPM or 12,000 RPM, you know, whatever whatever it's going to be. So it just takes a little bit more calculations, kind of like doing an electric motor. You know, you're going to have, you know, you want it to 520 KV. Well, what's your, what pinion do you use? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same same principles. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Right, because you're going to have a certain band that you then need to accommodate with your gearing. Yes, and you need to stay into that, into that meat because on a, on a gas engine, if you fall, it, it it falls down quicker. Yes, it doesn't have it doesn't have it doesn't have any float to it. Which on a on a nitro, you have a boatload of float. You have ungodly amounts of float. That's interesting. Why why do you get that much? Is it just because of the weight, or is it because of the way that the engine idles? Like what? No, the weight to power ratio. It's all it's all relative. Like I, it's if you on it's it's like autoing, right? It, you have to, you can auto a gasser, and I've I've autoed mine, but it falls quick, you know. And you got to be on it, you know. You got to be gentle with it, you know, because if you try to do a big, uh, you try to pop it really hard when you're coming down, or flare really hard, those blades are going to stop really quickly. Yeah, and they just they just fall out of the sky ten feet off the ground. <laughs> All right, so so Paul, what do you what what helicopter you have right now? What what's your main one? Um, so my, the main one, and this is just due to the fact that I live so far away from the field is a, uh, is an oxy four. I have a five, uh, goblin five seventy, 
and I just received in the mail an Oxy 5. Okay. So I'll be building that one. I don't have anything larger than that, though. So I don't have any 700s. I don't have any 600s. Okay. And I was going to try and kind of put it in, like, if you had, say, a, a electric machine that's, you know, 11 pounds. Okay. I was going to yeah. tell you to find something that's four pounds and strap it on there and go fly it. And that's going to give you that feel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a good idea. I mean, seriously, I mean, you go find something to strap it on the bike on the, you know, between the skids and, and lift it off and you can feel what it would feel kind of what it would feel like. And I say that it's electric power is different than the gas or, or even a nice true. Bike. But the, the comment about momentum you know, though would still be accurate. The, yes, the, the, when he was talking about autos and I'm saying, you know, you want to see how fast it's going to fall. Yeah. Put an extra four pounder on there. <laughs> that, that's the, that's the very good comparison. Yep. That's a very good comparison. <laughs> okay well I'll, I'll look at um relative percentages and see what that would equal as far as like a weight goes for the 570 and i'll just like strap something on the skids and see what happens i mean i'm just you know and that, that kind of gives you an idea of how quick it's gonna fall you know now don't you can't equate that to how it climbs out or flips or anything like that you know but yeah i, I don't know i guess it goes back to personal preference you know cool well, that's why I'm relying on you guys. I don't have a personal preference, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is this is really good information um, because you know you, I feel like you could spend an ungodly amount of hours on the forums searching for the information that we're having in this conversation right now. So this is yeah. this is this is useful for me. So again, selfish reasons, but it's useful for me. <laughs> and the whole thing is you're gonna you know you get on the forums or you get on Facebook. It's a Ford Chevy Dodge argument. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, hundred percent, and and nobody's wrong, uh, you know. So it, it's whatever you want. I mean, you know. But to wade, but to wade through that, you know, as a newbie, it's just it's impossible. You know, you, well, not impossible. It's just it's difficult. It's very difficult. Oh yeah, you know, go. Uh, I would go back to what are people in your area flying? What because if if like for instance, you're looking at a, a goblin, basically a goblin gasser. Well. Doug is in your area. He has one. He's going to know the machine. He's going to know the tuning. He, you know, he's going to know a lot of the basics of it. That's probably the way I would, I would lean. If, you know, talk to Doug. Uh, like I said, I don't foresee him saying, you know, I'm not going to help you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> please, please help me, Doug. You're my only hope. So, yeah. So Doug, come on, man. Don't make me look like an ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't want, I don't think him saying no, you know, I'm just telling you, um, yeah, he knows the stuff, man. Yeah, he does. That's cool. Well, I won't be too much. I won't be too much of a nuisance. So I, I am. I'm curious about your um, your your comment about the gearing and the power band. So you know, right now I've got I've got three idle up positions with three different head speeds. Can you do that? Or and how how does is it just at that point you're mapping throttle curves like 100 percent, 80 percent? Yeah. Or you got a governor? I mean, you once you set it up, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean that, that was just, that's what I was just asking because the is the governor kind of operate the exact same way that it does in the electrics? You can just it it does in a way. I mean it's it's got a pickup sensor on it, you know, on the clutch bell, or I've actually seen some of them go on the main gear. Um, yeah, on the main gear. So yeah, it's a magnet with a with a pickup, and you just the servo handles the throttle off the carburetor. That's all it's doing. It's the same basic thing. It's just like a like a magneto thing. Yeah, I had mine on the main gear. 
that the only thing different they would probably be you probably want direct throttle on your first bank it's the way i have it on my nitro and the way i had it on my gas yeah 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 that's because, a good point yeah that's a good because point. when they first start up you know they're they're a little cranky you know and they might shut off on you instead of having to walk back to the line when you click it into so you kind of ramp it up to about half stick with direct throttle and this is something that that took me a while to learn you know i had uh i used to get i guess i still get screamed out about it from ron uh my team manager on from sab because I used to have direct throttles on all of them because I was like, man, I want to be able to fly three different head speeds. Uh, but it does, you don't really get much on that with a gas or electric because there's a hover one and then there's where the mean that where the power is at, you know? So you want to try to warm up your engine a little bit by hovering a little bit and then click it into the idle up where you're going to really get on it. Well, that's kind of what you were mentioning on the first episode, right, Frank, where you, you said, because I mentioned that I don't have a normal mode on my transmitter right now. And so like, you know, when you're, getting into gasters or nitro, you'll appreciate the normal mode. I see what you mean. Yeah. And that's just for starting up, man. You never fly in it. You really never do. You just use it just to get it up to light on the skids. And then once the minute that it's light on the skids, you click it into bank two and you're ready to go. Well, I like to fly in normal mode and then flip upside down because I like to live dangerously. Hey, we've all done it. <laughs> oh, I've done it. We've all done it. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've done it once. I like will never do it again. Hopefully, uh, I've done, I've done, I've done it. Yeah. Okay, and so let's see. Let's see the more topics that um, that I was unfamiliar with. One would be that how the clutch operates in this scenario. So I mean, I know what a clutch is. I know how to use one in a standard transmission car. I don't necessarily know how to use one in a motorcycle. Also, don't know how to use one here. So what is the clutch? How does the how, how do you interact with the clutch? No, you don't. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it easy. No, you don't. Because well, you're gonna have a clutch shoe that that's on the engine, mm-hmm. and then a bell that goes over the top of it. Mm-hmm. And the, the higher the RPM, that clutch shoe, okay, it basically springs outward, which bites the shoe or the, the bell, and it it engages. So when you're at an idle, it's just going to sit there. The engine's idle. I mean, it's 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 free float, I guess you could call it. But you know, and that's another thing you got to look at. You know, different different clutches do different things. You well, know, as far as their engagement. What is a uh, what is the purpose of a and forgive me for sounding stupid here, but what is the purpose of a clutch that doesn't have an attached geared transmission? Like what? Well, I mean, what does the clutch do? The the other way because you wouldn't be the engine wouldn't idle. Oh, I got you. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, because you you have the blade spinning the minute you turn it on, so you probably the yeah the it would be it'd be all it'd be all active. You know, just like your electric motor is just sitting there when you're walking to the line or walking to the the you know your your flight line. It's right. not you the, can't because you can't engage the electric no. motor without the blade spinning. I, exactly. I so it's the same same basic principle. So how does the clutch engage then? Is it, if it's not up to you, centrifugal force. Centrifugal force is all it's doing. Huh. Okay. If you look at a and and I'll send you a picture of a. I think I uh, should have an, a clutch here somewhere. Uh, I'm learning so many things tonight. This is awesome. Okay. So you you know and you just got to look at the fact of because they they got some cuts in them and just the force of it is bring is going to bend it basically. Is going to spring it outwards. So, do you have any? Um, let's see. We've gone over the basic mechanics, how to choose one. Uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about uh, what makes a nitro uh, unique from a gasser. Then, so um, what kind of unique things do you have to take into consideration when you're tuning a nitro? Things that you mentioned, like the goblin or the uh, the gasser. You know, once you get it tuned, it's kind of there. So, why would you have to fiddle with the tuning on a nitro more? And under what circumstances? 
I think the comp, the way the motors are, the motors are different, you know, they are, they, they just, they're just different, you know? So the tuning, the, when a nitro, there's so much, uh, it, it, um, it's affected by the weather very easily. So it depends for, so for me here in South Florida, I tune, I change my tune in, in the winter a little bit, you know, but most of the time I'm about five clicks away from where I think I'm getting the most power either, either one way or either richer or leaner, depending on the time of the year, uh, further up North, you, you're doing a lot more tuning than that because compare from one to the other. And I fly usually at the same time of the day. So I'm not really getting a big change in, in temperature as well. Um, the, yeah. So how, how do you tune a nitro engine? Like when you see, you, you see me mention, you know, you're tuning it all the time. Like what, what does that entail? Do you, and, and what tools do you need to actually do it? So essentially there, you got uh, a screw for your idle and then you have, for, this is, I'm, I, I'm speaking of the OS motor, which is what I have, what I run. Uh, and then you have a middle needle, you have a, on the mid and you have a high needle. So the mid is usually used for, um, doing hovering, TikTok, something like that, something that, and then the high needles usually when you're doing big punch outs or you're doing big loops or hurricanes or, uh, funnels. So that's when you're higher in the, in the power band on it. Right. Um, so, so essentially the, the way you tune it, it's in, there's so many ways to do it, but I've, I've gone on my new, the way I've been doing it, I've been listening, I've been watching the, I watched the Finless Bob's videos with, what's his name? Uh, Tim Jones, Tim Jones. He has a great video on it, okay. on tuning, but he tunes the YS, which is a little different than the OS, but the principles are very similar. And yeah, also, I forgot that Finless Bob had uh, Nitro videos. I mean, I only was interested in electrics when I was watching his stuff. So I never actually watched any of the Nitro stuff. I'll yeah, have to go th check that out. I'm assuming they're still on. They're Hollywood, very, very right? good. They're on YouTube as well. You know. Uh, okay. Is Finless Bob still around? Is he still in the yeah. lobby? Dude, he's he's on the Hangout. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's really like I love getting him going. You know, he's he's a good guy. He'll once a, once a year or so I'll get him to um, uh, go on a rant or something. Really good guy. Really good guy. Uh, Man, we should get him on the we should get him on the show. He was like. Uh, I learned almost everything I knew <laughs> uh, from him at the very beginning. So, oh my God, we yeah, should! Great. Oh, we should definitely. Uh, and the other one is the Smack Talk uh, RC RC Smart whatever Smack Talk um, videos from Bert and Bobby. Their yes. first one was a Nitro one, and that was it gave you everything, and it was great for me because that video was literally shot about an hour north of me, so all the settings and everything was very similar to. Or I'm at now, you know, even to especially yeah, if it's that weather dependent, yeah, right. Uh, cool, one of the other big, big, huge issues is that the operating temperature on a gasser is much higher than on a nitro, and so you got to be careful of that. You know, if you, I've, I've come to the conclusion that from listening to that around between two ten and two fifteen, it's about where you want to be. At. Any hotter than that, you're gonna cook your motor. Do you keep a temperature sensor on um, on your engines? I have I have a I have telemetry from the my Neo. How does it getting oh. temperature information though? 
Oh, it's so it, there's a t- there's a temperature probe right behind. Okay, uh, pl- that's what I was. Yeah, that runs from the Neo to the back of the motor, and I plug and I have mine located as closely as possible to the glow plug on the back of the head. So I try to between the head and the um, and the gas. I don't want to say gasket, but um, right between on the crankcase on the crankcase. Yeah, between the head and the crankcase. That's where I got mine plugged in it. I would plug that out. Okay. I need to get, yeah, I need to get some temperature probes for my stuff because I, uh, you know, I've started taking, I take a lot of helis to the field now and when I fly in the summer, just because the, the motors have to cool off in between flights because it gets, uh, and, and the ESCs, I mean, everything just gets so hot, uh, especially when you're flying in the afternoon, it's like a hundred and, you know, 102 degrees or something like that. Uh, ambient temperature. So yeah. All right, man. Um, so is there any other kind of, uh, I think that's a pretty good intro. I definitely learned a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add as far as tips and tricks on getting started? I, I like the idea, Frank, of having Doug on as a, a reoccurring um, segment on gaster tips. That sounds excellent. Oh, for sure. Uh, so we can... I'll, I'll, t- I'll see if I can get Carrie on as well. He's also has a lot of okay. insight. You know, he, he has... Yeah, Carrie would be good. Carrie actually built a dyno to see where he gained the most... <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah. That's they're, cool. How does that they're, work? He, they're playing... Carrie's been... Man, he's been the, the gasser, kind of the, one of the gasser gurus forever. Yeah, he does a, uh, a, a lecture every year at Urcha. I don't know if he... It's, I remember I've never I've never been to it but I've heard really good things about it well we will see it this year if he does it again so is there any um final things that you want to add for someone just starting out and by someone I mean myself <laughs> man oh dude I, I'm telling you what just so the most obvious thing because you have a, a fuel helicopter don't go to your electrics because sometimes they they're finicky and they're frustrating but there's they're a lot of fun to fly, you know, and you can get a lot of enjoyment of getting one flying correctly, and they fly like nothing else. They really do. They are a very well tuned nitro. It's it's a great feeling flying. I enjoy it a lot. You know, it has it has just enough power to be dangerous. So you really got to really teaches you to practice and fly through maneuvers. You know, you're not gonna outpower them. Uh, uh, with the gasser, man, it's, it's if if it's built right and you get it right, you have a, you have a machine that you're gonna be able to get a boatload of flights on with very little with very little work onto them. You know, uh, you they do require a little more maintenance. You know, you know they do shake a little more, so you're gonna have to check bearings and stuff like that uh, a couple times a year. I think on my nitro, I, I change out, I check bearings every six months, and I swap them. I swap everything out usually once a year. I um, I usually wait till I pile drive it in. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that earlier. It's like, you know, I've never really had to worry about replacing parts because of um, too much wear. I usually crash it into the dirt yeah. long before the parts wear out. And that happens. That happens. That's, that's been that. But but what the, and you're going to need specific tools. You know, you're going to need a dot. You really want to get a like a prop balancer for balancing your clutch, you know, and you probably if you really want to be ain't no OCD, you know, um, my a good friend of mine, Rob Bingham, he does, he dial indicates his clutches and his fans and stuff like that. So they're all pretty, uh, concentric. Is that the word I'm using? I'm looking for. So what other tools would, would I need, uh, that I wouldn't already have, you know, I've got a good set of drivers. I've, I mean, I've got 
three or four toolboxes full of heli related tools. Um, I don't have a prop balancer since I don't fly airplanes. So, uh, yeah. So you'll want to get one of those. You'll probably want to get, uh, uh, with the motors, you'll want a way to, to keep the crankshaft down so you can bolt on the, the clutch or the fan or whatever the assembly it is a difference, uh, from model to model. So you want to be able to lock this, the piston in place. So the, and they're different between gasser and nitro one, you go on the gasser, you go through the spark plug, take the spark plug out and you put a piece in there that holds it from moving on a nitro. It's actually sits, uh, you pull the back plate off and you slide it into the, the crank itself. And that keeps, it keeps it from spinning that you can, you're able to bolt down the, the clutch stack and the assembly and everything that goes with that. Okay. Yeah, would you guys mind putting together a, a short list of um, links to like a gasser slash nitro uh, starter, you know, starter kit? Cool. Yeah, we could do that <laughs> for you know tools, equipment, that kind of yeah. stuff. Because I think that'd be useful information to have. Yeah, you, you gotta need too. you gotta need a, a fuel jug. You know, probably you know if if you are trying to save money, you're gonna get a hand pump, which is okay, but it gets old quickly. You know, the electric ones are very nice. You know, Jersey Modeler. That's a that's where I got mine from. And they're pretty, they're pretty stout. You know, there's, that's, yep. there's some nicer pumps yep. out there that cost high dollar. I'm still on my rig, the one that came in my Jersey Mahler pump and I have no issues with it whatsoever. And I used it, I used it tremendously. I use it a lot. Um, starter. What else? A starter. Yeah. You're going to want to get yourself, uh, I recommend you spend the money, get yourself a Dynatron. You know, those things will last you forever. Get you a good starter shaft. The Sullivan is a good one. I'm I'm using the SAB one right now, and it's and mainly it's because it slips into the cup instead of bolting over the shaft. So, because I got a big gas for plane, I want to be able to use both. Um, for, yeah, Gl- a glow igniter, depending on if you want to use like a push glow or a, a handheld quarter inch driver or you know glow plugs. Uh, or eight millimeter things at eight millimeter. Yeah, yeah. Eight Milwaukee millimeter. Mixer, yeah, I think it's eight millimeter. Yeah, Milwaukee makes a really good one that's handheld, and well, of course it's handheld, but it's magnetic, so you won't lose the glow plugs. That that one, they're hard to find, but if you can get one, they're amazing. I can I can give you the part number on that one. I had to buy mine used on eBay, but it was worth it. Uh, I've got an old Craftsman that I've had, you know, that I was probably. 30 years old when I stole it from my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What else? If you can think of, if you can think of anything else, you know, just go ahead and throw it in the show notes and I will add it to the show description and we can just have a a list of some stuff and you will, you will need something to off the electric side, but you'll need some paper towels or some kind of way to clean it. (laughs) Because especially if you go nitro, it'll be dripping with oil by the end of the day. I I usually do a mix of, uh, 50, 50 Windex and alcohol. And I usually, you could spray that down, let it sit for a second and uh, it wipes. Pre- pre- yeah. It wipes clean. Yeah. yeah. Some denatured alcohol. Um, what else? What else am I missing? You can maintenance stuff for your pipe and your motor. You know, there's certain, you, there are certain uh, procedures you want to do toward the end of the day and shutting down your motor. So there's no fuel in it. So your bearings inside last you longer, you know? So you're not swapping out bearings every year, you know, they can, 
depending on if you fly it, if you fly it a lot, you're going to go through them because they just get worn out. Low high temp RTV is always good to have. That's true too, for mounting the pipe. Uh, I try to stay away from the paper gaskets. Have you ever had luck with those? Uh, or well, they, I, use I always paper, use the RTV. Yeah, I I've, used, I've used RTV. What I did is on the last one, I did the paper gasket, and I coated it with RTV. You know, and I was, you know, of course, a couple guys were like, you can't do that. Well, I just did. So, yeah. Yeah, the either one, there's there's a certain uh, amount of maintenance you have to do to them. But once you get to the point of it, you can do that thing. You can do it at the field, honestly. Like, yeah. Uh, if you're if you're working on it the first couple of times, it's going to be a little weird. You have to check some stuff and it's going to take a little longer. Like... After even after me crashing my nitro this weekend, I last night in an hour and a half, I'm like I'm ninety percent there. Like I just built it enough times and I worked on it enough times that I know what I'm looking for yeah. when I'm rebuilding them. And I, you know, well, yeah, I mean, I've I've rebuilt my my electric so many so many times that it's just it's like a relaxing. I kind of zone out, you know, put some music on and just just and just build. I don't even I don't even really think about it anymore, you know. So I, I'm 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 looking forward to getting to that point with. Uh, with either a nitro or a gasser, because I, I really am interested in it, and it'd be cool to it'd be cool to branch out. Um, so let's let, let's talk about this one real quick. Ooh. Buying new or buying used? Mm. I my first one, my my first one was was used, That's but I, I knew where point. it was coming That's, from. So mm. yeah. yeah. I was gonna say if you know where it came from, like you, yeah, then use is fine. But on a first one, a new is always gonna be to me is better. Yeah, like if I was gonna do if if I was to do it again, and I would I would probably buy brand new. But I was pretty lucky because the one I got was already assembled for the most part, and I had something to look at. You know, like I wasn't trying to figure things out from the get go. Like I wasn't figuring everything out. So. Yeah, if I have a good local resource, oh. you know, I would I would definitely want to go the, yeah. the new route that's on a gasser on a nitro is complete i think no matter who had it you know whoever was the guy <laughs> you're, you're still gonna want to really think about what you're getting yourself into because you're gonna save yourself some money because you're buying used but you're gonna have some issues to deal with yeah no you're right I mean, especially if you get a motor that's about halfway done already <laughs> or if it's been cooked already yes. and you don't know it and you're trying to tune it and it's kind of yeah it's headache yeah it's it's headache world so if you're if you're once again, if you know where it's coming from, if it's from one of your local guys at your field that you that has been doing it for a while, but if you don't buy someone's first nitro, that's the that's the best way to say it. If you're gonna buy one, buy someone that that's been flying it for a long time that knows nitros, and they'll, t- and they'll be honest with you and tell you about it, and expect to have to do some some maintenance on it. You know, you might have to swap the ring out and the and hone the liner on a nitro. You know, oh, that's another one, a hone. You got to need a hone, a brake hone for for nitros. Um, that's another tool that I want to bring that down. I want to write that down. Um, but yeah, clearly be, be, be careful when you're getting one, you know, if okay. you go new or use. Good to know. So now I'm thinking, um, you know, the Nitro Oxy coming out next year and Goblin Gasser. Seems like that could keep me busy for a while. Long while. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a good way to go in. Yeah, fifty size nitros are nice. Uh, man, that's a 
That's 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 a good. Uh, I had a NX4 yeah. that was stretched to a five. Yeah, was fifty size. And I had a Goblin yeah, Gaster for a while, so yeah, both. That's a great combination in size, and a fifty size Nitro, which is a smaller one, burns a lot less fuel than a ninety. Because yeah, the uh, the oxy the oxy Nitro is going to be a six hundred size, right? Yeah, 55 50, 50 size or motor. Yeah. 50, whatever you want to do. You know, a lot of the, those guys are running the the Nova Rossi, which is like a 57, 57 size. Uh, so just be cognizant of that, you know, and it, th- that's a great way to go. Like I went, I started with a 700, but the, my little NX4, NX5 taught me a lot. So. All right. Well, thanks, guys. This is uh, this has been hugely food informative. For, food for thought. Um, especially for the uninitiated like myself. Uh, we're at the one hour and 30 minute mark. Um, I do want to hear about uh, <laughs> about your event. And more importantly, I want to hear about the love story between you and the TSA agent, Frank. So uh, before we get into that, though, did you want to, um, you know, Javier and I went over some updates from Helifreak. Did you want to, is there anything that's been happening on the Hangout that's uh, that's worth mentioning? Or should we skip straight to the Oh, event? dude, uh... Oh, no, no. We have to talk about two things. Uh, Scott Graham for AMA president. Everybody go out and vote for Scott. Yeah, that man. That, that, he has to be the president. He's, he'll bring Nitro. He'll make Nitro great again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he also uh, created a conversion for his um, Kraken to run on Nitro, which is really, really cool. Yeah, we all we saw all saw it, that, and we're kind of wondering where on earth that came from. <laughs> I saw the, I saw it fly this weekend. It's a pretty cool little. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have listened to the um, uh, the latest. Uh, oh crap, I'm blanking on the podcast that just came out today. Uh, Freefall, the latest Freefall, latest uh, yeah, the latest Freefall episode. Um, they have a segment in there about uh, about the process that he went through to make the to make the custom Nitro Kraken, which is pretty cool. Cool. I was listening to that on the way on the way home from work today. Awesome. But uh, yeah, well, anything else been happening on the Hangout? Uh, nothing much, man. You know, I'm, I we, I start being more uh caught. I start paying more attention to it. We need to uh bring back uh troll of the week. I got, <laughs> I got to start finding them. <laughs> you know, I know I got I got I want it for the year. I know that I personally myself want it for the year, but I just start looking for some new uh see if anyone's there lately, starting up some troll that I can call out on. Uh, but yeah, other than that, everything has been good. Cool. I just joined. I just joined uh, yesterday. Or two days ago, I am now on Facebook, which I have never been on Facebook before. So, and I will have zero interests other than helicopters and zero friends related to anything other than helicopters. So, there you go. Very cool. Take that NSA. So what? What? It, <laughs> so, <laughs> nothing about me. What's your initial? What? What's your initial thought of the hangout? Oh God, dude! I've I've spent a total of three minutes on it. I can't tell you that yet. <laughs> I just I just accepted your uh, your your invite to join it and um. I will I will spend some quality time perusing through. So how, how does this how does this work? Like you know, it's you got three thousand people on there, and it's just a stream of consciousness, yep. right? Like there's not archived the, threads the, or top. Like, no, no, no. You want something, you search it, and it's it's probably there already. Like if you, or if you ask ask a question, just go in there and ask a random question. You will see. Um, you will see all the people that come to help you. It's just such a different format than Heli Freak, which is basically oh, the only completely thing I'm different. Used to, so. Completely different. But if you like search on it, uh, tuning or anything like that, you will see massive amounts of people coming in running to help you. Awesome. Okay. Or, or just give you your opinion or giving their opinions, you know, 
Don't ask what's better than which is the best servo. Don't say that one because oh, or what's the best helicopter? Just avoid those topics. <laughs> but if you're having, <laughs> well, Frank, I'm not, a, I'm not an idiot, man. I mean, <laughs> oh, and if you get in, no, 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 and if you. If you see a topic that has like 90 comments, grab some popcorn because it's going to get good. Yeah. My, my admins are, are like snipers now. They know how to how to tranquilize those really quickly. But oh. back in the day, it was it was just me. It was just me and nut. And I could I couldn't sometimes I didn't catch it fresh uh, fast enough or sometimes I just ignited it myself. I'm like, all right, we're going to do a dumpster fire. I'm going to throw gas in on this. Yeah. OK, well, I will spend some I will spend some time on there. and get to know get to know the lay of the land, if you will. And um, let's move on to the Modown. How did the Modown go down, Frank? Oh, dude, the Modown was awesome. I cannot express it. You know, this is the first event this year that I've flown out of the uh, that I've flown to that I've that I've gone to outside of Florida. Uh, it did not disappoint. It's my first year at the Modown. Last year, I went for the Spring Fling, which is their spring event. They do. It's. I think it's one of the few clubs that do two uh, helicopter events a year, and it did not disappoint, man. It was awesome. The people there were great. You know, Casey and Joe Reyes put on an excellent event. You know, I look forward to going again next year. Uh, it had about 120 pilots. The flying was amazing. The nighttime. Uh, flying under the lights, it never disappoints. I I love seeing, I love going to that event because a lot of those guys are on the hangout, and I get to, I see them once or twice a year. But just the amount of improvement, dude, and the amount of camaraderie that's there, it's unlike anything else. Um, I got to see the, I got to see the the Kraken Nitro, which was really really cool. Saw that fly, saw that go in too. Um, what else got to get some good food, good, uh, food up there, which is always fun, you know, um, what else I got to hang out with my, most, most of my team of, uh, team of species say, I also got to see, uh, Steve and Kevin from free fall. I got to hang out with Ed Johnston from the hooligans, which is really, really cool. Um, what else, guys? What else did I do? I crashed my nitro. I crashed my nitro. Yeah, how did you? Uh, how did you actually dive that? Uh, take that one down. I, what I it, it it just died on me. It just it kind of I lost control over it and it just came down. And I think it had to do with when I was putting it back together. I didn't see if I didn't double check the wiring very well because I had to I had to rip it apart a little bit to ship it down. So that's that's what I'm thinking it was. You know, I thought it was other issues, but that one makes all the sense right now. Uh, so double check your shit guys, everybody there. Um, I arrived, I arrived Thursday and at like one o'clock and by three o'clock I was already flying my, uh, Kraken, uh, which is pretty cool. I got a bo- I got a lot of flights on it. Um, uh, Friday was really, was, was one of the chill days, you know, Saturday was where most of the flying went down. Uh, uh, a great guy named Kenny Hutton. He won the 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 grand prize, which was a Kraken. He's a rep for A Main. Great dude. 
uh, he actually he actually modified my 105. He I'm dying. To, I can't wait to try that motor out now that it has a little more modifications to it. It says it'll run a lot cooler, which I'll be able to get a little more uh, leaning up, lean it out a little bit more. Um, but the flying was great, man. And it was a great event. The people were really nice. Like I said that already. So, um, it was from, yeah. Well, it sounds like, it sounds like a really good time. Um, is it one of the larger ones that happen every year or like, what's the size relative to say, you know, any of the other events you go to? Well, this, it was about 120 pilots. So it's compared, compared to most events, it's actually a pretty big event. You know, like my event last year was like shy of 40. I think um, Torches is in, uh, the winter bash here at the Torches Club. It's low. It's about the same size. I think Tampa will be somewhere in the the one you're going. The one we're going to would probably be in the 40, 50 range as well. Um, that's that's about it on that one, man. It was a good time. Um. Yeah, nothing, nothing else. Um, I about got arrested heading back from Richmond. You know, I got through. Uh, so when I flew out, I went out of Fort Lauderdale, and it was a breeze. You know, no problems. Got in and out, no problem. They checked my bag. They saw. I explained to them what my battery was. They're like, "Oh, okay, no problem." They wiped it down. They checked it. Okay, good. Go right through. You know, uh, on my way back through Richmond, it's like they had dogs out. Checking it, it was, I was getting full, uh, body cavity and, you know, it's just, it was in good times, man. It was very frustrating. And I kept, I kept explaining to ladies like, look, it's for a radio control helicopter. And it's, it's funny because I was, I didn't, I have a big golf case where I keep, where I put both, where I bring my helicopter for me, but I take the canopies with me. I carry them on the plane with me. I was like, look, you see these, this is a helicopter and this is, I'm showing them pictures. I was like, it's a battery for a helicopter. I just don't want to miss my flight. And it wasn't, and it and it was, and it wasn't like I was running late because I got to the airport about two hours early. I just didn't want to deal with the lady, and she just she had to go get it rescanned, and she had she made a phone call, and when the big boss came over, he's like, "Oh, that's for a drone." Well, there there you go. Now you know if you ever need to get past the TSA, just say it's a big ass single single bladed drone. <laughs> the man, she made such an ordeal about it. It's like, oh. Oh, we have to get. You have to let me check it again and let me scan this. It's just. It looks so big. It looks like a oh, bomb. Man. I'm like, oh, lady, <laughs> you have no idea. Because I was more worried that they were gonna get me. Because technically, it's over the watt hour rating. Technically, if you do, if you do the calculation, you're over the watt hour rating. Like you can't be any more. Oh, what is the? Uh, it's a hundred. It's a hundred watt hours. And so you were you you had uh, how what, many sticks with you? I had one, one twelve S stick. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, how does that work as far as like charging at the uh, at the event? You fly your nitro, well, and then you, while you're charging the other one, and then you get three minutes of flight, no, I, and then you I, charge it for an hour. <laughs> no, no. Well, I have I was I was charging in Doug Darby's uh, um, trailer, which is his charging setup is very similar to mine. He has a Power Lab Eight. You know, I have dual power lab eights. He has a single dual power lab eight. And I was just charging at three uh, C. So I was charging like every 15 minutes. I was, I was ready gotcha. to go. But yeah, do you have a I guess we can probably save this for a later topic. But do you have any 
um, hesitation of charging it at that at that C rating? Do you do you always charge at three C? Uh, usually it depends if I if I'm home, if I'm on my home field I go I go to the field with four charge twelve S packs right, and then I, I bring my charger in and I'll do a couple of more flights. But I usually charge at like two C or two and a half C. But uh, the batteries are rated for up to five C. I just never go that high. Yeah, because yeah. I've I've heard that, and I could be completely wrong on this one, but I've heard that even if the batteries are capable of charging at that speed, it still does degrade their their quality over time. Yeah, it degrade. Okay, it degrades the batteries. Yeah, like the, the the max rating just means like it won't explode if you charge it charge it that high, but it's not necessarily good for it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because I I typically charge mine at one, even though I I've got batteries that say that I can charge them. I do it at two good. just because that's what I like. Do you do you break in your batteries at the beginning? Of- yeah, I do. Like the first, I, I the, the first same. few flights that you know are pretty, pretty low, low key. No, well, I don't even the first few charges. I don't even do it on on the helicopter. I don't. I... Oh, do you just discharge? Yeah, you just discharge them on the char- uh, Discharge them on the charger. No, I have a actual discharger, a standalone discharger that I use, so it won't, it, oh, I cool. won't burn, uh, wear out my charger doing it. You know, that's the one that you sent the uh, the three D printed cover for, right? Well, no, that's actually just a meter. That's that's an IR meter. Oh. <laughs> All right, never mind. That's just to check the the resistance of it, you know. Um, great little tool, man. Highly recommend anybody anybody that's a little OCD about their batteries, and I am because it's literally money. Like every time you use your battery, it's get it's wearing out a little bit more. So yeah. you got to be well, especially with the twelve S packs, man. That's uh, that's a whole lot of money. <laughs> yes, it is. So I, yes, it is. I've never really given. I've never really given a shit about my three S batteries, but you know, when I started getting into the uh, the you know five thousand six S, so they're like one hundred and fifty bucks each. It's like, well, now I I take better care of my batteries. Yeah, and a good charger will do will will help you out there. And you and breaking in process is critical, man. I'm a big fan of that one. Um, what else? Um, yeah, so that was pretty much it, man. Got abused, flew a lot, ate good food, and then got abused by the TSA. That's the best way. <laughs> what a way to spend a weekend. Yeah. All right, man. Any closing thoughts from you guys? Any uh, any exciting things coming up on the horizon? Uh, my fun fly in uh, 15 days. Oh, yep. I'm looking forward to that. How about you, Scott? I'm going to work. That's also exciting. That's about <laughs> that's, that's about it. I don't really don't. Uh, the only thing we've I, we don't even have any events coming up close to me. You know, one of the guys and myself were talking last weekend after Halloween. We're going to do a little get together at our field, and we'll do that a lot of times. We we'll get some, we'll rent some light towers, and on a you know Saturday night, fly till midnight, whatever. That's about it. That well, sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah. So we've done it before. You know, we call kind of call all the. Louisiana boys and the surrounding areas and just say, Hey, no, this is not a fun fly. This is no formal thing. We're just getting together and flying nice. together. That's pretty cool. And, uh, so we've had people come from Texas and, uh, you know, Shreveport, there's a good crew in Shreveport. I don't know if you are aware of that. No, I'm not. And Shreveport's not terribly far away from me. You know, it's no, four I, hours, I mean, I'm, three it's hours, something like that. Three hours. Probably about three. Yeah. yeah. Cause I can get there in about two. And I mean, I'm, I go to Dallas, I'm there in five. So, yeah. Um, that sounds like fun. Yeah, Shreveport's got a good crew. When is that? When is that again? Uh, we're gonna probably do something. We're gonna schedule it after Halloween. Okay. When it cools off a little bit, and well, let me know. I might be a might be able to accidentally wander into Louisiana for the weekend. So. Absolutely. <laughs> no, we'll try and get that done. Uh, 
I don't know. I'll let you know. Cool. I'm not sure when we're going to do it, but we try and do that once or twice a year. If nothing else, just like I said, it, if nothing else, it keeps everybody together. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm making this you know this and next year I'm I'm making a uh, a a real concerted effort to get to more events. You know, yeah. get to meet some more people in person, put some face put oh, some yeah. faces to the forum names. You know. Yeah. That's that's my goal for this year. So I've uh, definitely got um, Cajun. Uh, Apache and Urcha on the list. Okay. Well, I know for right now, I mean, I'm at Cajun and Urcha, I'm sure. Uh, I'm going to try and hit a few other ones in between. Cool. Because this year, like I said, well, I'll take that back. Last year, I went to, this year, I've been to three events. I went to Vegas, too. Um, oh, nice. But, Very cool. Yeah. Um, you know, the year, the year before, I think I went to nine events. I was going all over the place. But I want to get back to that if. That happy medium, you know, four or five. Yeah. You know. I mean, that seems, you know, at that point you're hitting one every two to three months. So that's, yeah, that's definitely a good, that's definitely a good number in my opinion. Yeah. That, like I said, I think I went to nine or so, eight or nine, something like that, that one year it was by the end of it. It's like, man, I'm, I'm just ready to stay home, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. no, as long as everybody keeps flying, man, we're good to go. All right. Well, I think that about does it for uh, for us today. We're at one hour and forty five minutes, so yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that'll be a wrap for this episode. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. I'll be out of country for two weeks, so we might have a gap in uh, in episode releases. But I'll try to get this episode and the one that we recorded previously about electrics out roughly at the same time, uh, and then there just might be a gap between the next one. So. Uh, thanks for thanks for listening and if you liked what you heard we'd love to have you subscribe i think right now we have hit 260 downloads for episode one from 12 from 12 different countries guys that's pretty awesome this is super cool and i i'm I'm giving all of the credit to uh to frank and his marketing on the hangout so thank you frank (laughs) (laughs) no problem that's my but uh keep spreading the word man this is pretty cool yeah we got listeners from belgium the netherlands south africa germany Austria, um, Australia, and uh, the UK. So, good stuff. I I know my buddy Rob downloaded the episode. So it's either that or, or you know, as I mentioned to Javier earlier, like one person just (laughs) changing his VPN settings and downloading it. (laughs) Can you do that? Because I might do that to help 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 the boost. You can, but the only person (laughs) that can see it is me, so it doesn't matter. Uh, that's fun. All right. All right. Well, um, all right, guys. 